Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with Supervisor Matt Haney. He's outraged by the corruption charges against Public Works Director Mohamed Nuru. He's calling for big changes in the department that he thinks could finally help address our filthy streets. Supervisor Haney, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Heather. When did you first learn of the corruption charges against Public Works head Mohamed Nuru, and what was your first reaction? Well, I learned about them on while I was walking to work. Uh, I guess it was on uh, Tuesday, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, at first, just you know, shocked, um, you know, wanting to know more, uh, and then you know, at some level, the more I learned, I think it the more it made me angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, to tell you the truth, was my first reaction. Uh, you know, Director Newer is somebody that I had butt- butted heads with for much of the last year and felt that the department wasn't delivering on, you know, fixing what I think everybody knows are, you know, awfully filthy streets, uh, particularly in my district. And so this was infuriating uh, and in some ways matched my experience that I've had with him and his department. Uh, at the same time, you know, I think it's a, it was a sad day for our city because people... We want to have pe- have people have faith in in our in our city government mm-hmm. and the city services, and so I was thinking about, you know, oh, this is really going to lead to a lot of cynicism mm-hmm. at a time when our city needs to do a lot better than we are. There's already a lot of cynicism about government in general, oh, and it's a yeah. shame that it's here as well. Yes, um, you've clashed with New Rule a lot since taking office last year, representing District Six, um, which has some of the dirtiest blocks in San Francisco: Tenderloin, Soma. Uh, mid-market. What has been at the heart of your disagreements with him and his department? I live in the Tenderloin, uh, and so uh, they can't tell me something's happening or something's getting better if it's not. In many ways, I have the opposite experience of the mayor because every day I walk outside and I see what's going on, and nobody's, you know, cleaning up before (laughs) or after. They don't clean just for you? No, they do not. not. Um, And uh, so, you know, I've experienced the failures on the streets uh, and and seen them firsthand. And so I spent much of my first year trying to sort of peel back the onion there on why it is this way. Why is San Francisco so uniquely filthy? Uh, You know, other cities have similar challenges but are nowhere near as dirty as ours. And the more I peeled back the onion, the more it became clear to me that the city didn't have a plan uh, to address the filthy streets. It was very reactive. Um, there were no baseline standards of services that neighbor uh, neighborhoods were going to receive. And most of what they were doing was uh, reactive rather than proactive or preventative. Uh, the, the city doesn't do pressure washing on sidewalks. It doesn't have any standards for where trash cans are. It didn't have 24-hour restrooms until this year. Uh, it has reporting that is based on 311 data rather than objective criteria showing progress or lack thereof. So... All of these things seemed common sense to me, things to fix and do differently and better and be innovative and relentless about. 
And Department of Public Works said no every time. I know that trash cans has been a big point of contention, and they've been saying for years that they're trying to study what would be the best (laughs) trash can, but I've never understood why that's such a hard problem to solve or why things are so slow. Most of of the time, their response was either we're looking into that uh, or we're putting more people out on the street to sort of be out there picking up trash, uh, or most often it was blaming people uh, for, for the conditions on the streets. They'd blame homelessness. They would blame people who were littering which I understand there's bad behavior out there, but that doesn't excuse bad, bad behavior by the city. It doesn't excuse, excuse not having a plan or being accountable and telling us what you're going to do to clean up the streets in light of those, the, that bad behavior or even having a plan for the bad behavior to hold people accountable or to do campaigns around littering. None, none of that was happening in any sort of serious way. And all the talk about bad behavior seems a little bit ironic now. Well, huh? the tough love, the bad behavior, you know, at the very same time that Director Neuer was blaming uh, residents in the Tenderloin and Soma for dirty streets, he was, instead of focusing solely on addressing this issue, um, he was engaged, it seems, in his own bad behavior, illegal behavior. Um, so it, there's just a lot of hypocrisy, a lot of, you know, uh, I mean, this, this, this would be like a, a bad, you know, his, his, his handle is Mr. Clean. <laughs> I mean, give me, you know, give me a, give me a break. And his so, core values were integrity, yeah. responsiveness, and respect. Well, you know, I think the the scary thing is that somebody doesn't just engage in that behavior for the first time. You know, this is a FBI uh, uh, investigation covering the last two years. He's been in government for decades. He's been at high levels within the Department of Public Works uh, and director of the department at the same time that our streets became literally the embarrassment, uh, 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 and, you know, nationally. Uh, so, you know, I hope this is an opportunity for our city I think first we have to restore some public trust and and public uh, you know b- belief from the public that we can that we can take this seriously and respond um, you know with urgency and and but at the same time you know I think there's some structural changes that need to be mm-hmm. made to ensure that this doesn't happen again and to ensure that they do a much better job than they're doing now. So let's talk about those changes. You immediately said you wanted to see changes at Public Works. <clears throat> what specifically are you looking at when it comes to altering the department? So the, the Department of Public Works is a behemoth department that <laughs> is, I think most people associate it with street cleaning, but it's actually not uh, the only thing. In fact, it's not even the, the main thing that they do. They engage in huge uh, um, infrastructure projects. Um, they have a, their hand in building um, and, and, you know, you saw from the, 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 the range of things that Director Neuer was involved with, um, everything from things happening at the airport to Trans Bay to the homeless uh, shelters and services, uh, st- st- street sweeps of people experiencing homelessness, I mean, all up and down. So w- what has been challenging about that for me for months is that there's nobody actually directly responsible for ensuring that our streets are clean. And n- nobody who sets those standards, um, who reports them regularly, uh, who uh, is has expertise in that? I mean, who actually knows how to do that? I mean, the, this this has become the thing that San Francisco is most known for is our filthy streets, and yet uh, the the lack of uh, accountability and and real expertise around that is glaring. So I think you know, and I'm and I'm going to be proposing that we actually split the department, and you have a department that's sole responsibility is keeping our streets clean. And I think San Franciscans deserve that and want that. 
because if you can't get those basic basics right, and so it's not somebody's job to get those basics right, it's hard for us to have belief that there's much else that mm-hmm. would everything be else be lumped into another department. So or? it would remain public, the Department of Public Works, mm-hmm. and then a Department of you know, Street Cleaning and Sanitation. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it is how I believe it should be done, and then both of those need to have an oversight commission. The the Department of Public Works is currently the largest uh, department that does not have an oversight commission, so contracts don't receive the same low scrutiny. There's no one setting baseline services, you know, and so the result was the director could operate, you know, basically out there on his own uh, in, in in a department that reached pretty much every area of life in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Uh, it's very dangerous uh, to operate that way. Mm-hmm. And so this would require a charter amendment? This would require a charter before amendment. Before voters? Before voters. And when would you like to see that go on the ballot? November. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how much time do you have to get it on the ballot? I have... Uh, a few months, uh, November charter amendments, I think, have to be out, out of the Board of Supervisors by June. And, you know, there's a lot of stakeholders that we need to talk to. I've, I've been working on this for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I have seven community benefit districts in, in District 6, and I've spoken to many of them about this, and they are said, thank God, you know, please, mm-hmm. because for the community benefit districts, they're also out there cleaning the streets every day, but with li- very little support from the Department of Public Works, very little coordination or, you know, I mean, w- not only do we have $100 million being spent on street cleaning by the city uh, or close to $100 million, you've got all of these community benefit districts. And so the, the levels of inefficiencies and overlapping services and all of this is, you know, we really need to get a handle on of it. And I think that we can do a lot better than we are now, even with the same amount of money that we have. Mm-hmm. You've also called for an independent investigation of public works. Who will be conducting that? I think it's important that we bring in somebody from the outside, either a law firm or someone with experience in uh, public corruption or auditing. Uh, you know, s- there would be an open process to decide who, who that is. I-, I think you can't have the just the same folks in City Hall uh, doing the entire investigation. I think this is a much larger uh, uh, issue than that, both for our government, but also for the public. I think the public really has to believe that uh, we take this seriously, that we've looked at all levels and followed every lead, and that somebody who isn't just part of the same system uh, has has taken a very close look at this and, and told the truth. And so there will be a city attorney and co- controller playing a role as well, but we got to have somebody from the outside as mm-hmm. well. And I think people demand and expect that, especially if we're going to ask them to, you know, spend a couple hundred million more dollars on, you know, important city problems like mental health and homelessness and street cleaning. Uh, it's going to be hard to go back and do that at the, at the time when they feel like we had this extensive corruption and, and, and just sort of wipe the slate clean by having our own folks do the investigation. Mm-hmm. What do you think your investigation would turn up that the controller's office and city attorney wouldn't turn up? They've already as I understand, been put to work by the mayor to look into this? You know, I think that there needs to be a broader look at uh, the practices around contracting uh, as a way to ensure higher standards and accountability and transparency. Some of that means asking questions about the way that we do things in in a way that it may be hard for uh, folks who are on the inside to do. Uh, I think we need to look at best practices and things that are happening in other cities and, and other parts of the country. Uh, and make sure that we're matching those standards. Uh, you know, I think that it needs to go beyond solely uh, contracts that Director Neuer was involved with, but look at the broader practices, 
look at other departments, think about the types of oversight that's needed, uh, and then to have recommendations accordingly. Uh, so I don't know what I don't know exactly what they're going to turn up, uh, but I do think that this is a this is a big enough deal. It's a very big deal, and this is not the first time that we've had corruption in our city government. And so you know, just having this you know the controller take a look at what Director Nuru uh, was involved with, I don't think goes anywhere near far enough. Mm-hmm. You've said you feel as though you've been silenced when it comes to expressing your belief that Nuru should be fired. Can you explain why you feel that way? You know, I uh, probably, I, I think, reflect reflected the views of a lot of people in the city, incredibly confused as to how he had kept his job and his pension and his pay um, at the time that he's under uh, these sort of uh, in- investigations and has been charged. Uh, he obviously can't do his job during this time. And so, you know, I raised that question. Uh, you know, there was a De- uh, Department of Public Health director who also had had um, allegations of corruption but had not been charged. And she Barbara was asked, Garcia. She, Barbara Garcia, and she was asked to resign and resigned. I've seen no, even if they, they are... Have and that hands, was around one contract. Run, it wasn't nearly contract. as many. Yeah. So even if they examples. have their hands tied somehow and having to go through some steps in order to actually fire him, I've seen no urgency uh, around, I've seen no requests publicly for him to resign. Uh, I've seen a lot of, uh, to be honest, from the mayor, a lot of a casual response to this. And so I raised the issue of, you know, why does he still have his job? And apparently there's a part of the charter that it's arguably says that a supervisor can't say that somebody, even a department head, should lose their job, which I think is, really? is problematic. So I was given the advice that I should not uh, Who gave say you that, that advice? The city attorney. At the same time, there was a whole campaign. I was getting calls from all of these people that, you know, honestly, uh, some of it coming from the mayor's office, trying to trying to prevent me from saying that. And I got it really, you know, it was publicly reported, a really, you know, harsh letter from uh, the mi- municipal executives. Um, so, you know, honestly, I, I, I still feel that he, I, I still don't understand why someone in position, his position can have their job right now. But at the same time, I don't understand why the mayor's office isn't showing a lot more urgency to remove him and or to at least ask for his resignation. And I, I, I question whether he's being treated differently because of close relationships uh, in City Hall and friendships. And I think that's exactly how we got to this place to mm-hmm. begin with. I'm Heather Knight, and I'll be right back with Supervisor Matt Haney. I'm back with Supervisor Matt Haney. Four mayors in a row have arguably looked the other way at his behavior. He was He's been in hot water many times over the past couple of decades, and nothing ever seems to stick. Why do you think that is? I think he's endeared, he had endeared himself to uh, mayors over the years. I think he ha- was somebody, as you've reported, who would get things done for mayors when they wanted, uh, but were, was often disconnected from any sort of broader plan to deliver for residents. Uh, you know, we've seen at, during the time that he was director uh, at Department of Public Works, things got worse than ever on our streets. There, you know, by every indication, you know, feces, complaints through the roof, trash, things, you know, trash cans broken everywhere, and yet there was no accountability uh, of him. And I think that was because he was very close to 
not just individual mayors, but to a set of people within City Hall who both inside and outside City Hall, developers, uh, political deal makers, these folks who deal with permits, and then high-level bureaucrats throughout the entire system who they were all connected. They all look out for each other. They, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a culture of protecting each other and delivering for each other that has not worked for residents and mm-hmm. is not working for San Francisco. And he was, in many ways, he, in many ways he is the embodiment of that, but he's not the only one. There's a mm-hmm. lot of other people. And it's, you know, part of this is, you know, you have a set of people who have been in City Hall and running things there for decades now. And he's a part of that group. Mm-hmm. And so... Not all know. of your colleagues on the Board of Supervisors have exactly jumped up to speak out against him either, to be fair. It sounds like a lot of them also got favors from him over the years and did favors in return. It could be. I wasn't part of that <laughs> that circle, uh, apparently. Uh, yeah, though, you know, I, I, I think that that was one of the concerns about him and his power, which is that if you got on his wrong side then maybe when you needed something done in your district, you needed something cleaned up right away. You need, you know, he wasn't going to be there. And so he he used that power effectively to develop very strong political relationships, even with supervisors. And again, that may have worked for some folks, some insiders and some supervisors, but it hasn't worked for the residents that Mm -hmm. I represent and it hasn't worked for San Francisco and it hasn't stopped us from becoming an embarrassment nationally for the state of our streets. So if that's the way things work, I think people should be furious uh, because it's left the conditions on our streets, I think, worse than ever. Yes. You said on Twitter you're already hearing from Public Works employees and others about more misdeeds. What exactly are you hearing and how far do you think this goes? So I've been getting calls and emails from folks uh, who work at Public Works who, uh, or who used to, as well as who used to work at other departments. And um, I was, you know, I was walked into Pete's yesterday and there were some city employees there and they grabbed me and said, you know, keep doing it. This is, the, we need this. Uh, you know, keep asking questions and, uh, you know, keep investi- investigating. So I, I do think that from people who work for the city, they've seen a lot of this firsthand. They've seen... Uh, the, the the type of behavior, maybe not the direct sort of bribing and corruption, but, you know, things not being done above board, uh, things not being delivered as they should, corners being cut, and they may have been silenced in some cases. And so I do think that this is has to be a broader uh, look in the mirror for, for our city in terms of how it operates. There's also been a lot of attention to the fact that everything moves so slowly mm-hmm. in San Francisco, whether you want to get a small business permit, you know, whether inspection, you need to, you're trying to develop housing. And the result of that is that the only uh, people who are able to access the process at all in many cases are insiders who, who, who know the right person or who have the right permit expediter. And the result of that creates a recipe for corruption. And I think a lot of people who work in the city see that and are frustrated by it. Do you think that what's come out explains why um, everything is so frustrating and dirty and slow? Do we have some answers now? I, th- I think it's, it's, it's related, it's closely related to the problem uh, because if you've got somebody who is responsible for, for cleaning up our streets, which is one of the most high-profile challenges and urgent challenges that we face, uh, and this person is instead 
in running around trying to get his friends, you know, spots in the airport and sweetheart contracts and all, all this sort of stuff. Well, that's a government that's not doing its job and is unaccountable and is, un, and is, and is not transparent to, to residents. And at the same time, this is a situation where the city government is able to uh, is so unaccountable that they just do this on a regular basis without any sort of ability to to see it happening. No commissions, no oversight. And for me, uh, there are a lot of things that can be done. And when they're saying no to common sense stuff like pressure washing and 24-hour bathrooms and trash cans and basic account, objective criteria for how we're doing, uh, that raises a red flag about, about how they're really spending their time. And now we know how they were spending their time. Mm-hmm. Who do you think the FBI was really targeting since it seems like they were trying to get Nuru to flip on somebody else? I think that's one of the questions that we have. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I think there's more to come out with the FBI investigation. There are clearly other people that they were looking at. Uh, He was not even maybe the main target of this investigation. So I don't know who was. Uh, I've spoken to the U.S. attorney. That's obviously not information he's sharing with me. And I've, I've developed a close relationship with him because of the work that he's doing around uh, stopping drug dealing in the Tenderloin. And so we've developed a, a relationship. Uh, and I told him, keep digging. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, we, need, we, we need this to be a moment of truth for our city. And I just hope that we respond as policymakers and leaders to make sure that uh, this is prevented and that the result is not just less I mean, no corruption, but city services that work and are transparent. Imagine that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's ultimately what 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 our responsibility is. And that, you know, I, I just I, I, walking around the streets in my district and seeing the conditions and then thinking that we have a city where the leaders are not spending all of their time focused on that with integrity is just, you know, I, I it, it does make you lose a little bit of hope and. Uh, but somehow we have to turn that around. Mm-hmm. Well, you've survived the serious questions, and now it's time for the <laughs> lightning round. Last time you were on the podcast, I asked you where you go for your favorite burrito, and you said Gordo's <laughs> and got some <laughs> flack for that. Do you want to amend your answer? Uh, I like, I, I have to say, I like uh, Papalote. <laughs> Not Gordo's anymore. Not Gordo's. <laughs> but I, Gordo's was a, so I, I grew up in the East Bay, a couple blocks from Gordo's on Solano Avenue. And so I still just have a, a soft spot for <laughs> Gordo's. But that's, that is, uh, yeah, I, 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 I saw that that become, became an issue because other people said Gordo's too, right? Only white men ever say Gordo's. Is that right? Okay. It's a fact. <laughs> what Got is it. the best thing about being a supervisor? Best thing about being a supervisor? Uh, you know, I, 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 I like walking around uh, my district and running into people like just sort of neighborhood characters, small business folks, and just having them tell me whatever is on their mind. You know, you really get you get a sense of your your neighborhood and, and a connectedness to it that I think is really special. Mm-hmm. And people will come up to me, and, you know, I, I have to leave extra time to walk places because of all the folks who will come up. And they just, you know, there are some neighborhood characters who sort of share the same story with me every time. And, you know, I just feel, I feel connected to my neighborhood and have an appreciation for the people in it and their diversity and their 
quirkiness in some cases and their, you know, their own stories that uh, I think I wouldn't have the benefit of that insight if I, if I wasn't a supervisor and also the ability to then take that and do something with it, mm-hmm. make sure that their voices and their experiences are reflected in decision making and to have them see that is, you know, I, I think I, I just feel very blessed and grateful to be able to do that. What's the worst thing about being a supervisor? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I come from like a, a perspective where I really want to believe that we can see each other and hear each other and solve problems and all of that. And so when I see folks who, you know, maybe are acting from a place of self-interest or who are just very, you know, have these really hateful feelings towards people in their community and I, and I, and I can't really figure out how to get past it or, or bring people together or such, I, you know, there's some element of me where I sort of lose a little bit of faith uh, Might you be, be referring to <laughs> safe and era? I'm still trying with them. I had this thing to this year. I said anybody who is, uh, you know, engaging it with that sort of rhetoric or even a you know really strong angry language towards me, I'm going to ask them if they want to go out to coffee mm-hmm. and sit down and talk to them because I I don't want to get to a place where. I don't believe that we can reach people and mm-hmm. their humanity. Has anybody taken you up on Yes, they have. And you've yes. gone to coffee. Yes. So this. So I. I am going to be. Yes. I offered it initially. I said anybody. Who, <laughs> first, I said that any of the haters, you know, who who, who I'll go to coffee. Uh, people who who, you know, don't feel like I'm doing a good job, and so some people did take take me up on it. And then then I said, well, that's not fair. I'll, I'll open it up to anybody, even people who, you know, either don't have Non-hated. an opinion or, or whatever. And so now I've got about 25 coffees oh, wow. that I've scheduled. In your copious free time. <laughs> so it, it's still open to, I guess, if I open to people on your podcast, then it's really going to. But you can send me a message on Twitter and I'll have coffee with What's you. What's your handle? Matt SF. Not Mr. Clean. <laughs> <laughs> You live on what the New York Times called the dirtiest block in San Francisco, which is really saying something because almost every block is too dirty. What do you see on a daily basis when you step outside your door? I see often, you know, feces, uh, sometimes poop that's smeared on the ground. Uh, I see uh, often I'll, I'll see trash cans that are, you know, turned over, broken, o- broken open. Uh, I will look around and I actually don't see a public trash can. If you can imagine that on a on what is called the dirtiest block in the city, we don't even have a public trash can. Uh, I sometimes people who see who, people who are living on the streets, who are sleeping uh, on the streets on my block. Uh, I see definitely see trash uh, and litter, and uh, I don't see enough uh, being done to address it. I don't see enough pressure washing of that street. I don't see enough people out there cleaning. And I think that the people who live on my block and throughout my district and the city deserve better. They don't, they don't deserve to s- step out every day and see that. And I think it, it's, hard, it's hard to really have a connection to your home to, you know, and a belief in the city and the people who run it if this is what you see every day. Mm-hmm. Public Works has been puzzling over a new city trash can for years. What three adjectives describe the perfect trash can if you want to point them in the right direction? <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> um, 
So three three advert, ad, adjectives. Okay, let me try this. Uh, accessible. Mm-hmm. Functional. Mm-hmm. Present. <laughs> <laughs> they exist. <laughs> they exist. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's just, it doesn't really seem that complicated. In fact, I was down in – so Mission Bay is also my district, and it's run by sort of Mission Bay Development. So they have a different – they have trash cans on oh every gosh. corner there and the trash cans work I'm like this and is and it's pretty clean even in the and those are not department those are and it's pretty clean and those are not DPW trash cans mm-hmm. I mean this is really not that complicated yeah if current day San Francisco was made into a movie who would play Mohammed Nuru oh god I don't know <laughs> who would play Mohammed Nuru oh I don't know I probably shouldn't answer that I don't know I can't I, I can't think of, a, of an actor uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> okay, you want to pass? <laughs> I'm going to pass. I thought that was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter trolls, block them, mute them, or put up with them? I mostly put up with them. Uh, I've muted some. I, you I don't block? I, I, I don't block anybody who could be a constituent. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, somebody's like, coming somewhere from the other part of the country and just just sort of yeah. going after me I, I don't I don't block them I don't think I've blocked any I only have a handful of people that I've blocked and I don't believe that any of them are constituents okay you've been out front on pretty much everything at city hall lately which has uh, begged the question are you going to run for mayor <laughs> I've been in office for a year and I think if 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 you're if you're supervisor of district 6 and you're not constantly out front on things like drugs and homelessness and mental health and cleaning. I don't think you're doing your job. I think the, the re- residents that I represent are at a, a different level of need and are at frustrated with City Hall at a, at a heightened level that I just, I feel like I have to channel that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that, you know, and I've, I've told this directly to the mayor and her staff that when I show up at community meetings or I'm on the street, my residents actually expect me to have solutions for all of these things. They, 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 how are you going to solve homelessness? Mm-hmm. And so I need to have answers to those things. And they may, in some cases, experience that in the mayor's office as an, as an attack on them. Or, but this is a responsibility that I have to residents who are experiencing these things at such a higher level than anywhere else in the city. And so I'm going to keep on doing it. And, and, and I, I feel grateful to, to be in the job I have right now. Uh, I think there's a lot that supervisors can do. And I feel like I'm making progress. So, I, But I you didn't known. answer my question. Do you picture yourself <laughs> ever running for mayor? I don't know. Um, I have, I'm trying to give an answer that doesn't sound political. Obviously, I have re-election still. Uh, I, I, I love this city. I think that we can do better. You know, and and I I will work with the current mayor. She could she's mayor for the next four years. She could be mayor for the next eight years, and I cannot accept nor should any of us to not see huge progress on these issues mm-hmm. over the next four years. And whatever I can do to be a part of that, I will. Okay, thank you so much for coming today. It was fun to talk to you. <laughs> thank you, Heather. Appreciate it. Thanks to Supervisor Matt Haney for joining me today, to Erica Carlos for producing this episode, and to you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. 
Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.